Hey, Star Wars fans and Roll the Galaxy fans. This is your host and man in the pilot seat tonight, Dave. And we have a one-on-one tonight. This is chapter 181 of Rule the Galaxy. And I'm back with a familiar face. If I'm not mistaken, this is his fourth time, I think, on the podcast. Or my third, I think, something like that. I think I think I, it might be my third. We did one with you with the guys. Yeah. And I've hosted two solos with you. Yeah, so this so is you know, three. Yeah, you're right. Or this it's, is four. This is four, yeah. This is our third solo show. This is our third solo show. Yeah, this is our third yeah. solo and four total shows. So you're you're just a regular on here now. It's Jake I'm James just... Lugo. And hey, um, yeah, Jake, say hello to everybody. Tell them what's going on with you lately right was, now. Was good, people. Was good, listeners. Hope you guys are all doing good, enjoying Star Wars, enjoying all your stuff that you like to enjoy. I've been out here being a busy bear, doing things you know, related to gaming, covering Star Wars games as usual, as you know, Dave, like I do a ton of stuff with that on top of just regular gaming stuff, which is my bread and butter. But am I here just hanging around being me, enjoying everything that we can? Yep. And, uh, you know, again, I you have your discord. I love that discord. It keeps me informed on news going on, even if I'm not even talking in it. I'm just reading what other people are saying in there, man. Yeah. I love that thing. That's I, like I tell people just things. to come hang. I tell people just come hang in the Discord. It's open to everybody just to come chill, talk games, yeah. talk Star Wars, talk whatever, anime, whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, it's not. And you know what? It's it's all these topics that tend to be polarizing or toxic. And I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody get an argument in there, honestly. Thank God. Well, yeah. <laughs> keep in mind, I moderate stuff like, you know, I don't mind debate. I don't mind discussion. But like, you know, a lot of other places get it to a point where it gets too much for people. It's like, at that point, you're not having a discussion. You're having like just beef and it's yeah. nonsense at that point, you don't get anywhere. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And um, also for rule the galaxy, we just had um, Kevin Scott on this week, who is the um, author of a bunch of uh, high Republic uh, comics and books. So Jess hosted that I'm halfway through that episode. I'm listening to it. Super intriguing guy to listen to. Totally plugged mm. in with Disney Star Wars and a lot of stuff that's going on right now because he's one of their main authors. So I'm not, Ooh. I have not read any of the High Republic books yet. I don't know what's going on with it. Um, but he listening to him talk about it makes me want to get into it. So definitely check out our last episode, guys, yeah. at one point too. Yeah. Uh, have you have you touched in on any of the High Republic stuff? No, yet? for one specific reason, because one, 
I was a little bit repelled by some of the stuff that was coming out of it at the very start, especially with some of the books and a couple of things with the comics. If you remember, there was some news that they kind of messed up on a few things, especially with the, you know, the physics and the rules of the universe of the Star Wars universe with the lightsaber mm-hmm. stuff that was that came specifically from the comics. And then obviously some of the character stuff from the books, I was kind of like, eh, I'm not really feeling this. What I am hoping that will get me into the High Republic is the game Star Wars Eclipse eventually, whenever that comes out at some point, because, yeah. you know, like I said, gaming is my bread and butter. That's my thing. And if you could give me a good tale or experience set in that era in that type of way, then I'll definitely check it out. And if I enjoyed, I'll definitely go back and check out all the books and some of the novels or read up on the summaries. Cause I keep up with a lot of the star Wars community that summarizes and kind of explores a lot of that stuff in depth, but really I'm hoping that's the game that kind of gets me into it in some way. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing I don't want to miss out on is I saw you shared news this week that um, yeah. you, you got a, a sponsorship for your channel. You want to talk yes. a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So finally, you know, I am officially sponsored or my YouTube channel is officially sponsored by Flynn's Gaming or Flynn's Arcade and more down here in South Florida. Uh, The guy over there that runs the joint, which is pretty much the arcade that's in Margate, uh, his name is Eddie. We've uh, talked and been friends and we've worked together on a couple of things for a while, for a number of years, ever since he first opened the arcade. And we were like, you know something, what else can we do to kind of collaborate together? What else can we do to kind of work together to do more cool stuff? And especially down here in this scene in South Florida. And we talked about it for like a good couple of weeks. And we came to the point where it's like, okay, I could be a sponsored content creator slash influencer slash media personality down here where not only do I still get to do my own stuff and have my creativity, but also have a brand that's behind me in an official capacity, hopefully leading to other brands at some point, you know, in different places, not just here locally, but in other places as well, because you know, and many other people know that have followed me, especially whether you're into Star Wars content or into gaming content, I do a lot of stuff. I put out a lot of high quality, a lot of like passionate content that I really love being a part of. Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to do more beyond that. And sometimes it's a little hard to do that when you're just on your own. So with something like this, I'm hoping not only will I be able to get to more events and be able to be part of more like bigger things happening down here in South Florida, but also I get to appeal to more people out there that are looking for content creators or looking for content that they might be interested in, but don't want to go to some random bombalana or some random thing that they might not resonate with. If hopefully if you guys, you know, from this podcast or anything else, especially from the sponsorship, check out some of my content on YouTube, you guys will hopefully enjoy it and kind of, you know, become fans and get to supporting the rest of the stuff that's on there. So I could do even more cool stuff for all of you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what, once I, once I started, once I subscribed to your stuff and started tuning in, that's why it's like, as new games drop between the discord and watching your videos, I'm just like, all right, like I I'm always just like ready to see what you got. I haven't wait, watched wait until your God tomorrow after we, cause we're recording this podcast on a Thursday tomorrow. I actually have my full video review of God of war going out for yeah. God of war Ragnarok. So that's brand new. So that's brand new right up your alley for I'm anybody that's for like that. curious about it or just hasn't had a chance to play it yet. So, you know, I cover new games. I cover retro games, everything. So again, Star Wars games. Last one I did, I even, I think you even got to check it out was a uh, Jedi Outcast, Jedi yeah. Knight 2, Jedi Outcast. And uh, yeah. yeah, there's even even be more down the line afterwards soon. I'm trying to get to some real big ones that people have wanted me to talk about for a while. But again, 
one-man show out here. Hopefully things get a little bit much more fast-paced now that hopefully I get more exposure with this yep. and I'll be able to cover more and put out more and make things a little bit easier myself so I could boost up even further the quality and the type of content I put out. Absolutely. I agree. And I, I don't know if you've done a one-man pod yet on Andor, right? Have you not done the I've one-man done, pod I've yet, done or? more with Andor specifically. I've done stuff on TikTok because okay. I've been posting a lot on TikTok because TikTok is just convenient to post every single day, especially short-form content because I'm pumping out three four five videos a day on my tiktok so if you're into games and you like star wars stuff like again there's a bunch of stuff over there if you haven't seen it but like with andor unlike what i did with kenobi and i think and i didn't do the same thing with mandalorian because that was before i had all this stuff now um i i've been mostly talking about it on tiktok because it's much more easier when my thoughts are fresh in my mind and i don't have like a lot of time to kind of just like put them all down on paper and like put them together like i did with kenobi because that was a shorter show and there was a lot more happening with that one yeah. but with this i found it was better to talk about on tiktok so the last one-man pod i did though was actually today as of the time we're recording this was about the game awards the nominations so because i had a lot to say about all that stuff cool I'll, I'll listen to that too. Cause some of the stuff I even listen to on your one man pods, I don't even know about a lot of the G4 stuff. I wasn't I wrote totally about that stuff with. yesterday too. There was news that brought dropped yesterday about, about G4 stuff that came out ever since that network went down. Like yeah. it's crazy. It's absolutely yeah, nuts. You, you got me interested in it when I was listening to those. So, yeah. All right. Well, I got some, um, I got like little, little bits and pieces of news here. Um, I was talking to you, uh, today earlier about something with, um, Disney as a whole, basically, yeah, and uh, where they're at as a company right now. And I mean, they're where a lot of companies are at right now. A lot of layoffs and stuff going on. Uh, yeah, Disney has a hiring freeze going right now. Uh, they have. I know that too well. <laughs> yeah, at the moment. yeah, they got a hiring freeze, and they got um, they're doing some layoffs. And I was, you know, I, there's this guy Mickey views on uh youtube who's an has an excellent page he goes into a lot of the business end of um mm. disney and and where their money's going what they're looking like financially he also covers you know everything that's going on but um i was surprised to hear how much money they're investing in disney plus disney is throwing a ton of money at disney oh yeah plus they got a right ridiculous now. bag going towards that like i yeah. i'm not into the business stuff as that guy is but like you don't even need to know business really in depth to know that there is some serious cash being thrown at that app for a number of reasons. That's been a like that for a while though. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he went into kind of how universal does their distribution. And the reason I'm talking about this too, because to me, this directly affects star Wars. Cause right now star Wars yes. is exclusively a Disney plus thing. It's not yeah, a no movie movies, thing, right? Where are the movies at yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. And Disney's putting plenty of money into movies right now, just not star Wars movies. Yes. Um, and I know Lucasfilm, like, you know, it, it's Lucasfilm and Disney, but I don't want to hear anything about the separation of them. They're, Disney owns Star Wars. If they want to yes. put some of that revenue towards a movie, they easily could. And what I couldn't help but to, but to think, which Disney has not made a profit off of Disney Plus yet, which is kind of crazy to me, but Disney mm. wants to have, you know, control their own destiny as far as their streaming goes. They're playing the you, long game. Yep, they're playing the long game, which could pay off for them. It definitely could pay off. I just can't help but to think they've put out a lot of like forgettable things as far as like originals go, as far as movies go, not even with just Star Wars, just Disney Plus as a whole. Uh, I don't know. It's a bit odd. There's a lot of calls for the CEO of Disney, Bob Chapek, to, to resign, to be fired, whatever. You know, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on at Disney. I can't help yeah. but to think 
you know, this might have an effect on Star Wars down the line, even if you look at what DC recently did, you know, yeah, with, with everything going on. There, uh, there's a lot of layers to this for a couple different reasons. Number one, they're playing the long game with Disney Plus. That's always been like that because it's it's really when Disney Plus started, it was really banking on the Disney brand name because there's a lot of Disney faithful out there, just hands out. Even with Star Wars, like you could argue which fandom, which like community is bigger here and there, but now it's all under one roof. So pretty much a lot of the Star Wars fans now are also Disney fans in some way, where a lot of that stuff for Disney Plus was banking on that name where people were just going to go subscribe to it for all their favorite Disney stuff and the potential for new Star Wars stuff eventually before Mandalorian came out and we started getting everything else. The other problem with this is that, remember, they're changing up their business model for Disney Plus soon, very, very, very soon. Their, their pricing model, you're going to have the ad tier and then you're going to have the non-ad tier. Mm-hmm. So we're for us that already have it, that are, was it, that have no ads and stuff, we're going to get our price increase for our subscription. But the problem is though, and why a lot of people are up in arms lately is because the regular price now before this increase is going to be the one for the ad tier. So basically you're going to be paying the same price, but you're going to get ads now. So you have to pay more in order to not have ads and have other premium access to other stuff too. On top of that, that's not even counting the the premiere access for some of the movies, which was a disaster, no matter how you look at it. Like this, it's really was with Mulan, with Black Widow and a few others as well that really messed up that whole thing because in, in paper, in, in, in thought, it was actually a pretty good idea, but in practice and in execution was horrible what they yep. did. With Star Wars specifically, the biggest issue with us as a fandom that what we face now is that not only do we have no movies or no plans really for movies, I know that they've announced stuff. There's stuff that's come out in the news. They've been canceling a lot of stuff. I mean, no Rogue Squadron movie at this point. That whole other like random project that a couple of directors have been like, you know, shifting in and out. It's like playing musical chairs with these directors at this point with some of this stuff. Uh, But really much a lot of the energy has been going to Disney plus with the series. So obviously Mando, obviously we got the acolyte coming, obviously where the heck is that Lando show, which we haven't heard about in a long time. Bad batch is right around the corner. I will be, livid if we don't get a second season of tales of the jedi after how good that response was i mean you can say what you want about kenobi but a lot of people did watch it i mean i you me and you have talked about kenobi extensively up to this point but a lot of people did watch that a lot of people did watch the book of boba fett regardless how we feel about that i think we're going to get a second season of that at some point hopefully quote unquote but it's just been a really weird time for their output of content. Not so much for us as fans. It's not something that we really have to deal with other than what, you know, they put out and what our response is, but for them, it's confusing because there's so many other things happening at the same time for Disney between the parks, not making a lot of money, the star Wars hotel being very weird right now at the current Mm -hmm. moment between everything that's gone on with there and how they're blocking out dates that they're laying off staff, you know, that that's a whole other can of worms there's so many things happening at the same time it's why you're getting stuff like this with disney plus happening as well as also the layoffs and other facets of disney yeah i i can't help but to think um financial wise you know looking at that hotel it's like how much money did they spend on that and it's like i'll tell you it's a lot and that's not just the the place in california that's also down here in uh, florida in Orlando because remember I went to Disney not so long ago so I got to see the, the outside of the the actual uh, star cruisers I didn't get to go in obviously but I was in Galaxy's Edge and there's a lot of money that's thrown into there let alone everything else that goes on in the parks but the other problem with that is that not only you got the news about staff getting laid off where they're just like basically having less people do more stuff 
but also they're blocking out certain dates. They're also doing the thing with life day, which I thought was weird because again, in idea, in thought process, it sounds like a good idea to execute on, but it's just with everything else that's been going on with the merchandise and stuff, just in practice, it feels like it's just not going to be another hit. Like Star Wars fans, diehard Star Wars fans, a lot of people out there have been talking about not spending money on this thing for a long time. Between, I know Theory talked about it on his shows with Josh. I know I've talked to other Star Wars hardcore people that have said like, look, we want to do stuff like this. We love things like this. We're willing to spend money on Star Wars stuff, but five grand plus let alone like a couple grand for two days on that type of experience doesn't seem realistic to us at no. this moment in time. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, uh, I have a cruise booked. I've never been on a cruise in my life. But oh, I have a cruise booked on the, uh, yeah, the Disney wish. Yeah, for, there you go. You're going to go to the, the, the hyperdrive. Uh, yeah. Hyperdrive. Uh, yeah. It's, I think per person, I think it's half the price for a four or five day cruise on that. So when over a grand, to, roughly, give or take. Yeah. And then you compare that to to that Star Wars hotel and it's like, it's yeah, day. Would, there's, there's yeah. no comparison. Like, how can you compete with that? Like when you really think about it, because I'm guessing that cruise you're going on with the wish, it's all inclusive with the food, right? More yeah, than likely. Yeah. So it's, stuff like that, with the exception of alcohol, you're going to have to pay for when you're there. Because yeah. that's how all cruises are for the most part. Like when you look at that type of value, Star Wars fans are more willing to go do something like that where they'll still drop money. But like, it's more of an experience. Again, it's four days that you're on mm -hmm. that thing. You're not feeling like you're rushed. Because remember, that was the other big thing about the Star Cruiser because that whole ARG thing or the role-playing thing that they had with it, where you take on a role with whatever's going on there, you are constantly doing stuff that you're not able to like take a moment to breathe almost yeah. unless you miss something. You know, and, and stuff like that, I feel like even not as a Star Wars fan, that's going to prevent people from really thinking about like committing to it. Because it's like, the older you get, if you got like a family, you know, and you got a job and stuff, do you really want to be rushed or you want to have your time yeah. schedule like this, you know, all the time? Like, it's just something to think about that is makes people more hesitant to spend that type of money. Yeah. And I mean, how long can they sustain that if if the audience keeps dropping? That's the other thing too. Yeah. yeah. That's the other thing. How long is that still going to be around? Like, there's been talk. I know I've seen in a couple of places and we have to say allegedly, because a lot of this is unconfirmed, that that hotel, the Star Cruiser is not going to last a very long time. For, yeah. for reasons that we're talking about now. And I would not be surprised if that gets changed up into something else that becomes part of Galaxy's Edge in some way. Remember, I think one of the reports was saying that the actual show with Gaia was going to be a thing that people could still go in there for like that four hours. Like if you pay, like if you're buying like a dinner experience at Disney to go mm -hmm. do that, as opposed to just paying the full price to stay at the hotel and get all that on top of that. So like yeah. you could go stay at Disney, go do your thing and then get that experience. Like if you were getting a show, which yeah. I get it financially probably makes sense but really when you look at like how everything has progressed thus far it really makes you shake your head mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's like there's got to be people in leadership positions that are thinking to themselves like if we just designed a hotel like the death star and had darth vader oh, and like boba fett and stuff it's like, like we'd Naboo, be raking in money <laughs> yes like well that's the thing like I know I've seen so many people theory. I've seen uh, a whole bunch of other content creators like talk about this. Like there is a million and one ways they could have done a Disney star Wars hotel theme that would have been amazing based on any one of these eras, like outside of the sequel trilogy. Cause remember all of galaxy's edge and all this stuff is all sequel trilogy oriented. That's the Disney star Wars era. Mm -hmm. But like, if they own star Wars, why would you not utilize the, the power of that brand and that IP from all these like 40 plus years 
worth of Star Wars yes. in some clever way. Because like, look at look, I, I know somebody out there has talked about the merchandise sales with the original trilogy and prequel trilogy stuff. It's far outweighs the stuff that you have with the sequel trilogy. That's that's just numbers. There's no like subjectiveness about that. That's facts. Like, yep. and that that sucks to talk about, especially if you're a sequel fan. But like, that's the reality of things. Absolutely. I mean, it would be like Marvel building a Marvel hotel and saying, we're only building this for phase four. You know, we're not yeah, going like, to put Iron Man What happened to the other three know? things I've been here for 10 plus years for? Like, yep. it's like you're, you're just not going to acknowledge, like you, you just had a movie come out, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Like you're just not going to have the Black Panther there. You know, yeah. obviously there's other things with it, obviously with Chadwick Boseman and, and the whole thing with that. But I'm saying is like, you know, you're going to just cut out a whole section of that universe yeah, that fans exactly. have loved and adored, like that they're willing to spend money on. Like, come on. Yeah, it's like they build a hotel where they're like, yeah, we're going to have Doctor Strange and like Scarlet Witch and stuff here, but no Iron Man, no Captain, no Captain America, America, no Thor, know, that's no, the old uh, stuff. <laughs> no Shuri, no Okoye, no Dora Milaje. Like, come on now. Yeah. You better give me a Baku for God's sakes. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, there's some weird stuff going on and I hope, uh, I hope they're learning some tough lessons right now, as far as this stuff. Oh, they're going to learn big time. Yeah. Bob, I, Bob Iger. Yeah. It's, it's Bob. Iger, no, Bob Chapek. I'm sorry. That's Bob, yeah, Bob, Chapek. Bob Chapek is going to get some hard lessons this one. Cause a lot of people don't like that dude right now for many reasons. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh he's, he's public enemy. Number one in Disney uh, in the Disney world, the Disney universe, universe right of now. fans <laughs> and stuff. And, and, and like analysts, I guess, or, or yep. commentators. Absolutely. So um, one thing I did want to touch on, you know, I got a couple of things here, but one thing I did want to touch on is tales of the Jedi. I know we've yeah. talked about it on this podcast, but um. I kind of want to hear uh, your thoughts on it. And, uh, you know, what did you think about it as a whole? I know you said you loved it earlier. You yeah. know, like, why don't, why don't we dig into that a little bit? And I, talk I loved about it. it. To me, it's the best Star Wars stuff we got this year. Hands down. I think it's better than Andor. And I understand that it's two different types of shows, two different types of approaches to the Star Wars universe. But I had so much fun watching all those shorts and getting a lot more out of all those shorts than what I've gone from Andor. Like I understand people are hyped up on Andor because of the way that it is. It's so different for the Star Wars franchise, but Tales of the Jedi takes everything that you loved about the prequels and about Clone Wars and Rebels, like pays a lot of homages and payoffs to that era of Star Wars and gives you a lot of new stuff that makes sense and makes you want to see more. Because I'll tell you right now, favorite episodes of Tales of the Jedi, everything with Dooku, hands down yep. was amazing uh, a lot of the stuff with clone wars and it, like late season seven clone Wars stuff for ahsoka because a mm -hmm. lot of ahsoka stuff was great but like really it was the dooku stuff the fact that you got liam neeson coming back to to uh voice qui-gon jinn and then have some of that stuff take place during episode one leading into right before episode two attack of the clones you know and it's in this style and it's it shows such a reverence and gives reason and backstory to a lot of stuff we know and it gives you all this brand new stuff. Like what's not to love about that? All that talk in those articles about fan service being a problem and stuff, this show just shows you exactly how it's done. That's Dave Filoni right there yep. and, and his whole team. Like what more can you say? Like, it, and by the way, for anybody that says that, like, you know, that's all subjective opinion stuff, go look at the numbers and the responses to the trailers and, and the analytics for Tales of the Jedi right now. Cause the numbers are out there. I'm pretty sure in some different places, but like, look at the YouTube videos that have been out there for the trailer of that series. Like it, it's, it's awesome. It's even outpacing stuff for like Mandalorian season three. Like it's really, really a big deal. So yeah. they would, I would behoove them 
to put out a season two. I want to see them go into different territory though with Tales of the Jedi. I want to see them go into uh, what is it, original trilogy stuff. I would love to see that. I would love to see them do a style thing like this for Shadows of the Empire. I've said that for years. I would love to see that. And I would even be open to the idea of them doing sequel trilogy stuff or post Return of the Jedi stuff in this type of style for Tales of the Jedi. Because what's the stop you from getting a voice to do Anna, to do Luke Skywalker or any of these other characters and tell us new stories with those original trilogy characters or right before the sequel trilogy? If you want to avoid the sequel trilogy, which is like a lot of this stuff besides like, you know, some of the movies and things, like then go ahead and do that. Be in the Mandalorian timeframe. Give me more stuff. Give me more Jedi stuff like this or more stuff that complements all that. Like I'm totally down for it. It's It yeah. shows, it, it works. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, I I would love to see a Clone Wars style animated Luke Skywalker and stuff. I'd be like down. That. I want yeah. it. Like it can work. And then you got Dave Filoni, who who clearly is the only man other than maybe John Farrell, but Dave Filoni is the man over there that understands Star Wars. Like cl- clearly. Yes. I mean, it is it's like this man literally has got the triple crown plus the Super Bowl trophy, you yeah. know, to, to show that he understands this franchise. Like, I don't think, I don't think like why would you not like have that type of talk over there with him like i don't understand like why not kathleen kennedy and some of the other people lucasfilm not talk about doing something like that because i'll tell you right now you announce uh, an animated show that's like you know set in the original trilogy era or post return of the jedi and you give us some of those stories that people wanted to see like that everybody's watching it i'm telling you that'll be the biggest thing on disney plus hands down yep i I agree and what i what i think would push that to start happening is for Disney to like, I think that they have such an odd or Star Wars and Kathleen Kennedy in general. I think they have such an odd relationship with the fans. They will put out stuff that we absolutely love. I think they can't handle it when certain fans might not like what they said. They need to just stop. You know, I get it when it comes to numbers, whatever, you know, but when it, when it comes to they, they pay a bit too much attention to it. And I think it gets in their heads when they're thinking of the next you thing know, that they have to do. You know, honestly, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. And I think that, it, again, it's because it's more complicated than that. Like, I think yeah. the problem with these types of discussions, especially in social media and or even in other podcasts and YouTube videos and stuff, is that people look at it as just very binary, black and white, like they do something, we don't like it, they're automatically bad and stuff. Or they do something, we like it, and they're automatically good and stuff. I think it's a lot more gray, it's a lot more complicated. And the reason being is because I think that Lucasfilm has had a very poor job or very poor approach with not only with how their staff and some of their people interact with the greater community, with people on social media, I think that a lot of the kind of like, you know, weird feeling and weird like atmosphere for Star Wars right now is caused by them with the way that they approach interacting and responding to fans. Uh, a lot of that comes from the Twitter accounts. It comes from the Instagram accounts, comes from, you know, some of the people that have been put out there in front and probably acted like a spokesperson for the company, which might have not been the best idea. I think that what's going to help, you know, fix, you know, the relationship that Lucasfilm has with Star Wars fans is if they become a little bit much more smarter in the way that they actually present themselves and speak to people in that way. I don't think that you need the, the official Star Wars Twitter account going around and trying to make public statements and stuff. I don't think you need to do that because I think a lot of common sense goes a long way. You know, Star Wars fans are not stupid. Like we might while out every once in a while, but we're not <laughs> stupid. I think we're, most of us are on the same page when it comes to the more serious topics. But when it comes to like, you know, stuff about whether people like or dislike certain things, I don't think they need to be in those types of like, you know, 
those types of like battles, those types of like yeah. conflicts and stuff with people. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Tales of the Jedi is just a pure example of that. It's like, you know, they probably did not do as much PR on that as any of the other stuff they did done. PR. I, I saw I, I saw stuff passed around like me. I could argue the argument, I think, could be maybe not as much as Andor give or take yeah because the thing is they only really started ramping up andor right up to the point right before it came out like yeah, you didn't hear a lot quick... about andor yeah, yeah. Like you didn't hear a lot about andor until right before it was released and i think mm -hmm. it's the same thing with tales of the jedi because the first time we heard about that was actually through a leak that was actually from a lucasfilm event that actually had the logo that we saw for the first time yes we all yes. were like yo this sounds amazing and it ended up being amazing but um I would say that like for Tales of the Jedi, the way it's been put out there, it was only put out there much more after it was a success at this point. Yep, I agree. And, you know, like you said, man, we can hit on so many freaking things. Give oh me Tales God, of the Jedi imagine, once a year. Can you imagine a Dark Empire or like a, not, not maybe not a Dark Empire because they're kind of like alluding to some of that stuff in some of the other properties, but like some of these other novels from like the Thrawn trilogy or from like, you know, other stuff involving other aspects of like post return of the Jedi that was even le I would even be cool if they started doing legend stuff and said like, and they, they were open. It was like, listen, these stories are not canon, but here's some one-offs. This is why I kept saying like, they need like a DC animated type of approach for star Wars stuff to give us these stories and just let us have fun with it. Cause you put it out, you make those one-offs like that. People love them. People want to see more. And I feel like that's how you get the ball rolling with momentum. On yeah. this stuff, but if you but if you have to stay within canon and you have to keep things within canon, because remember they were the ones that did this to themselves with that when they got rid of the EU and all the extended universe stuff. But like they were really the ones that kind of set that tone for. Them. So if they have to keep to that, keep giving us stories like this or keep giving yep. us approaches like this because people are going to love them. People are going to watch them. Exactly. It's just like you know Marvel. What if just put it out there? Like we're gonna have some fun with our franchise here. You know we're you know. I'd be totally down. I'd be exactly. give me if you give me Shadows of the Emp Shadows of the Empire like this, and it's just like an hour, hour and a half like animated feature. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. That's all you gotta be do. Incredible. It would be awesome. Yeah. So, you know, Disney Lucasfilm, if you're listening, go do that because it'll be awesome. And I was even thinking too. It doesn't like you could technically change the title too. It doesn't even have to be Tales of the Jedi. You could do like a Tales of the Sith, Tales of the Scoundrels. Well, yeah, for or like a season you know? two, I would I'd be totally down if they did Tales of the Sith for season two of Tales of the Jedi. Like have yeah. it complement each other. But even if you don't change that name and you just call it Tales of the Jedi Volume Two, I'd be totally down with that. That's what they're doing with Visions, Star Wars Visions Volume Two. Yep. It make it just makes sense. Yeah, and that and that's what Vi Visions is an example of people having fun with Star Wars. So yeah. you can expand on you can expand on that, and you know, you know, I'd be totally down. Uh, I'm so that Visions was an example, and Tales of the Jedi is an example of just having fun with Star Wars without all, any of the other nonsense that mm -hmm. comes with stuff from like Mando, uh, Boca Boba Fett, Obi Wan. Because say what you want, those shows were high quality and whatever. But like they did not get the same type of response that these shows did straight yeah, up. Absolutely. I agree. I agree with that. So, all right, well, we'll move on from one show to another. Let's uh, let's let's dive into some Andor stuff here. Right. So um, I I personally know some of your thoughts on Andor. Um, hmm. Why don't you tell me before we get into the newest episode yeah. where you're at, you know, as a whole for the first this is episode 10 episodes. 11. Yeah, yeah so we're on 11 now. Next next week at the time of recording, this is going to be the season finale, which is 12. So we've already just had 11. Uh, from 1 to 10, I've really struggled to really enjoy this show. 
I see a lot of people enjoying it. I see a lot of people talking about how much they enjoy it. I'm going to be honest with you. Some of those same people probably don't actually enjoy this show. And they're just saying that for everybody else to see them say that. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised because, by that. <laughs> yeah, in all honesty, I feel like that's the truth. And, and it's just that a lot of people are just afraid to say it because yeah. there are some episodes in those first 10 episodes that are just boring. And it's like, there's a lot of dialogue. I know there's stuff happening with the dialogue. This is clearly the the guy that that's making the show. I, I forgot his the director's name at the at the moment. Uh, Tony Gilroy. Tony Gilroy. Okay, he clearly wanted to make something else other than Star Wars. That's how it feels to me. Now, I say that knowing full well that there's a lot of Easter eggs and nods and fan service, quote unquote, that's in this show. Funny enough, he was the same person I think, or somebody over there on his team was the same person that came out and said there was very little fan service in this show. And look how much we got. Yeah. Throughout this like 11 episodes at this point. Absolutely. And, the name and drops, crazy, the props, the name drops, everything. stuff yeah. in the background, other characters that you see that are literally connected to the original trilogy. It's like, come on, bro. Come yeah. on. Like, and and the thing is, is that despite all that, as much as I appreciate that, it's still very difficult to enjoy watching this show. Like, I can't understand people saying that this is some of the best Star Wars that we've gotten when a lot of the time when you're watching stuff, it feels like nothing is happening or at least stuff is happening at such a snail's pace where Star Wars as a franchise for the last 40 plus years or 40 something years, right? Yeah, I think at this point it's about 40 years. It's 77. Since 77, we'll say for argument's sake, that the pacing and the tone of a Star Wars related thing has always been much more faster and exciting now, granted, Star Wars is such a big universe where there could be a lot of different tones and a lot of different approaches and perspectives for telling stories here. The problem is, though, is that as different and diverse as these stories could be, they all still have to be interesting and exciting for the fans that have been with this franchise for the longest. Like, you can't tell me that there's a problem with me not liking Andor when I could still go and watch anything else that even is not related to Jedi stuff and still enjoy aspects of it more than what I am with this show. Doesn't mm -hmm. matter how much it's shot well, doesn't matter how good the acting is, those are all important things. But if the whole, if the totality of the experience isn't really giving me something that I feel like I'm getting something out of it like that, there's a problem. And I feel yes. like that's my biggest struggle. And I even I even said, I don't know if you saw me where I made a little quick appearance on a, what is it? Uh, what is it, Nerd Theory? Where they were bringing people on, Theory and Josh were bringing people on to talk about Andor, like where they're at with it. And I said, like, if I feel like I'm putting an effort to, to enjoy a show, especially if I'm putting in a lot of effort to try and enjoy a show, I'm clearly not enjoying the show. And I'm yep. clearly, there's clearly a problem and a dissonance between me and whatever this show is trying to give me. Yes. Yeah, that's that's how I personally felt with Rings of Power when I was watching it is like every time it came on, I would be sitting there just like, all right, well, I'm going to watch it again. But, you know, I started feeling that way probably four episodes into it. And it's one of the first times I ever really felt like that watching a show, mm. which personally to me, Andor is much better than Rings of Power as far as I'm concerned. But one thing I will say, Alfie has been on the record for the, the 10 episodes we've reviewed on this podcast where Alfie yeah. has continuously said this show is hitting on, you know, eight out of 10, nine out of 10 things for me. He said, I'm just not entertained by it. He said, that, I just that, want that's to exactly be how I feel like I want to like this show. I keep telling everybody in all my TikTok videos about it and all my posts about it on Twitter, everywhere on social media. Every time I talk with someone about it, I want to like this show. I want to be there with some of these people that are saying this stuff, but I'm not. And the show continuously keeps giving me reasons not to be there. Yeah. It's like, 
last episode, I mean, we, we could talk about it now at this point. Yeah, yeah, we can dive into whatever. Here. Like, free for all. What is really that happened in this episode that moves the overarching plot along? Uh, Andor's mother passes away. That's the biggest thing on. And by the way, we don't even get to see her pass away. She just dies off screen. Yeah. And we've seen that character for already a lot of episodes. I guess which, by the way, film that. <laughs> by the way, I want to be the one in the room to bring this up. She was the one that discovered Andor around that crashed like shuttle, which had those pilots with the separatist patches on them. And yeah. there was some discussion and maybe theorizing. I know Star Wars Theory brought this up, but other people brought it up too, that there was probably maybe some secret operation that the Republic was doing that was shady. Never came up again at, at that point. I never know. is explained, never is discussed, never brought up another some other thing down the line. Maybe Andor knows something that we just haven't heard yet, but this character, his mom, has been around for the longest, and there should have been, I felt like there should have been a moment between her and Andor where she passes away. Where it's like it could give more weight to her just be going away because at this point now she's just dead. And I kind of felt like in this episode, it's like, what for? Like yeah. what? Because and then by the way, Andor doesn't even really react to it. He tries to hide his emotion. I get it. There's like a complicated stuff going on there where he's trying to hide his his feelings at the moment to this other dude. Like that's so he doesn't give stuff away or he looks a certain type of way. But as an audience member, as a viewer watching this, it's like. I feel like either certain things that are supposed to be paying off or not paying off for me. And two, that doesn't feel like much is happening. That one sequence in space with uh, Ludrin. Yeah, I think that's his name. Ludrin, uh, Ludrin actually almost getting caught by the, the by the way, the, the, the Ralph McQuarrie uh, prototype Star Destroyer. That's the, yeah. that, that concept, which is a cool nod. And I get it. It's probably like one of those works in process by the Empire at this time frame. But you know, that's the one sequence of action that happens there. And I'm not saying like every episode needs to have action, but every episode, despite whatever's happening on screen, has to feel like something is moving along with the plot. And, mm -hmm. and I don't feel that way most of the time. We had one real solid episode, which was the big heist in Andor, which I, I don't remember which number it was. I think it was episode four or five, where it's like you get those beautiful visuals of like the TIE fighters when they're being chased, when they're trying to escape after getting that cargo and stuff. That's yeah. the one episode out of this entire show that I think everybody points to is being like a really solid, really action-packed and really exciting episode of Star Wars stuff. That's when it felt a little bit more like Star Wars to me. Because mm -hmm. that's the other thing too. Most of these episodes, including this recent one, even with the TIE Fighters and the Star Destroyer, did not feel like a Star Wars thing. It felt like it's trying to be all these other things, but Star Wars. Yeah, they. that's... Uh... Alfie had actually texted too because I was talking about that ship and he said it's called an arrestor cruiser. So I yeah. did write that down. And I do think that might have been some old uh, concept art. That, that's yeah. a Ralph Quarry thing. I know somebody brought that up. I saw talking about it one time. That's like a like an original concept for a Star Destroyer, like a pre-Star Destroyer version of it. Yeah. And I mean, Luthen's ship is badass. Uh, to me, what's funny is like I, I added my notes that you know when luthan to me luthan will steal the show when he's on which like it is and him and saul you know? guerrera it feels like those are the only two that are actually trying to do something yeah like at some point yeah and i mean that's because skarsgård is you know big level actor the guy who's yeah. playing luthan like he had that great monologue last episode when he was in the lower levels you know um i definitely you know here's the thing i'm enjoying this show but all of the points that you've hit on, I can totally see how you would feel that way, you know, like, I, and that's why it's like, and maybe it's part of me. I'm almost just like lowering my expect. I, I went into this with low expectations. Honestly. Yeah, me too. I was just me like, too. you know, all right, like, you know, let's see what they're going to give us. You know, I was like hyped. 
after the trailer. I'll admit, I think everybody could admit. Oh, I was, yeah. The trailer was pretty hype that when they put it out there before it came out. I will say, though, there's a couple things I've said along the way as I've watched the show, and I wish that was the case, but I, I kind of like changing my tune a little bit, where I said before that I wish that this show was dropped all at the same time so we could actually binge it or have it in like three episode chunks every single week. Yeah. I understand why they didn't do it, but at one point I felt like it could have been like that because it feels, and that people have talked about where it's like three episodes, like complete an arc and stuff. Yep. However, I want to go back on that because I feel like that I don't think would really help. Recently, I just rewatched a couple of the earlier episodes because some of my family didn't get to see it, like get caught up with the episodes. And I sat down, I watched a little bit with them. And it's like, even on rewatching for me like this, I'm still not feeling it. I'm still not enjoying it as much as I want to enjoy it. Just accepting, just blindly, just sitting there, not thinking about anything else or the conversation about this show, just accept what the show gives me. And I'm still in the same spot that I found myself in. Yeah, I'll say I am always... Every time the credits roll every week, I'm surprised at the spot in the show that they decide to roll credits. Yeah, I'm always exactly. just like, I'm always just like, ah, you want to end the episode okay. right there, B? Like, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause sometimes they really don't even end it on a cliffhanger. It's just like, all right, the story will just continue next week. It's like, yeah. what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, that, if I'm not mistaken, was that scene with, was the scene with Luthen the last scene of the episode? Actually, no, I think the last away? scene. I think the last Andor scene. The phone call. No, I think it was Andor getting the phone call. That's what yeah. I was going to say. Yeah, I think it was either that because I know the the scene with Luthen when he was in the ship evading the Star Destroyer. That was like the big chunk of the episode that was actually good and like excited. Like that got everybody's attention, you know, to to look at that. But in that episode and even the episode prior to breaking out of the prison. I felt like with the way they ended it, like the bulk of the episode just felt like nothing was really happening. Like they were just kind of here and like, there's stuff yeah. going on. There's stuff you see and they're talking and like, there's some big implications through their dialogue, but it feels like we're just kind of here. And it's like, they didn't even mention, I was hoping at some point we would get some sort of like maybe hint or something that in that prison, they were making stuff for the death star. This is why they're taking out the entire other section of people there. It's like, why would the empire do that? Like, it just doesn't make sense unless they were doing something for something big. They want nobody to know about. And during this time frame, what's the only thing they could be doing that's like that? It's the Death Star because yeah. this is right before it's operational during Rogue One. And it's like, okay, like, but we don't hear nothing. We don't see nothing. They don't talk about it. It's like the show doesn't give you like these little threads to pull on. Like it just presents stuff to you and that's it. And it's like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. I'd say uh, this show is 90% dialogue, I'll say. Yes. Like it, it's probably 90%. And I do like see me personally, because like I can get down with that stuff. And we've talked about this previously with like, um, you know, me and Alfie were big and uh, Brent, big Game of Thrones guys. Like, but Alfie has talked about the fact that the dialogue in Game of Thrones feels like action. You know, the dialogue yes, in House of the Dragon so feels like action. Whereas this more so feels like plot setup and sometimes the action might not pay off. Or synopsis. Um, That's what the dialogue feels like, where it's like synopsis of like something else we don't understand. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I totally feel and understand, get and agree with that comparison to Game of Thrones. Because a lot of people are saying like, this is some of the best TV out right now. I was like, no, I'm sorry. Absolutely not. Like if you go watch House of the Dragon, right now or you go watch the boys night and day difference with the way that i feel about those shows and that's not even saying because i'm a huge fan of uh, house of the dragon like when i first saw that show that first episode it's like it was like this from the get-go like we're back in westeros that's yeah. how we felt like and that's what i want to feel 
with Star Wars. Like, I want to feel like, oh, we're going back to the Senate in Coruscant. We're back in the Senate in Coruscant. Mm-hmm. And this, this is what's going down. Like, the politics from the prequels sucked, but this is our politics over here. Like, it's supposed to feel like that for me as a fan. And, like, even to use that same example, seeing Mon Mothma. Like, I was excited to see Mon Mothma in this, uh, in this era with this show because this is right before she starts doing really starts doing stuff with the rebellion you know as a more organized unit and you know seeing her in the senate chamber on Coruscant is cool but it's like we're only there for a very brief period of time it doesn't feel like a lot of stuff happens we don't get a lot of nods or things that like Star Wars fans will really feel like we could pull at it's like oh she's mentioned Palpatine maybe like once or twice throughout this whole show where really in reality everybody should be talking about this man because he's literally the supreme ruler right now of the quote unquote the republic or the empire at this point and it's just it's these little things that's like if they if this show just had stuff like that or had other stuff that made things not feel as boring or as not so blase as it does everybody that's like complaining about this show would probably like this show ridiculously more yeah yeah, and to me, like those those kinds of things, you know, as we've talked about earlier in this podcast, it, it's it's labeled as fan service. It doesn't need to be labeled as fan service. It's just part of telling a story in 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 a galaxy where many stories have already been told because a lot of stuff is going on there. And you know, I find it to be world building, like yeah. because like mentioning talking about Palpatine should not feel like fan service because if this in the context of this era where this show takes place this is after revenge of the sith this has to be like five years after revenge of the sith i think it is yeah i think at the time because i know it's like a couple years or like five ten years no actually it's about five to ten years before rogue one so actually no this is after kenobi i would even say you know like that this is after kenobi this is after revenge of the sith obviously this is after a lot of stuff with rebels at one point leading up to episode four or rogue one so Palpatine should be talking about constantly. The Empire should be talked about constantly. We should be seeing more stormtroopers. You notice that? Like we saw Phase Two stormtroopers or Phase Two clones, which weren't—they they weren't even really shown to be like clones like that. They just had the armor. And yeah. it's like, okay, where, where are the rest of the stormtroopers at? Where's the rest of the Imperial officers besides the ones we see in that stupid room? Like when you really think about this, you start to ask yourself questions. I don't think the show wants you to ask. Yeah, no, I can, I can, I can definitely see all of those. And yeah, from the trailer before I remember, I thought we were going to see some stuff with clones and everything and maybe about how they started to, you know, kind of disappear a little bit. And, you know, we're still can the, the, the funniest thing is Alfie can't, Alfie can't stand the storyline between Deidre and we call him slap face. I, I, I honestly don't even remember his name. Wait, is that the, is that the guy that worked for the ISB that's yes. trying to be like, yeah, I can't stand that dude either. That dude, that character is garbage. It's yeah. only right now. Like I, and here's the thing I've seen people argue that he's a great character and he seems like he's the evil character that we're supposed to sympathize with in a way, because he's trying to catch Cassie and Andor after all this stuff happens. He's trying to be a model trooper almost for the ISB slash the empire. And he's going to work with whoever at some point. It's just that every time he comes on screen, it just gets so annoying to watch. and so boring. It's like, I don't care about anything going on with him and his mother. That feels like, it's like, it feels like the show is trying to do a commentary on people that are are fans of like different things, like fandoms. It just feels weird. And it feels like out of place. It feels like there's nothing happening. It's like, if this dude was working with that organization right now, like they recruited him already and he was doing the work to find Cassie and Andor, I'd be so much more on board with him. 
Yeah. Instead, I mean, he had his three episode arc in the beginning and Being then serial. he's just been, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did he did his mission in the beginning of the show and then ever since he's really just been at home and then, you know, he's got his little job and they always bring up his uncle, which I yeah, think- Who the hell is one. his uncle? Like- this his uncle better be like an imperial senator or like yes. an imperial officer, like high rank, right under Tarkin or something. Because like this this whole thing just sounds stupid. It's just like it it feels like there's no purpose to it. And like and I get it. There's all these other things that are supposed to be deep and complex, a different side of the Star Wars universe. But it is not working for me, man. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping that because they've talked about his freaking uncle so much that they have because I've read now that the finale episode is 54 minutes. That so, better be the case. Yeah. <laughs> it better be meaty. <laughs> I'm hoping that, and, and here's what's funny too, is it's almost like I was thinking maybe this show will run like Rogue One where it's like you have action, action, little bit of a dip, action, action, dip, and then major action, you know? Yeah, like, like end off on a high note. Yeah, because I mean, the last like, uh, probably what maybe might even be like 35, 40 minutes of, rogue one is just pure insanity like yeah that's like just the like last like yeah bit of well keep in mind that's a lot of stuff that was happening that was original trilogy related leading right into a new hope in yeah. the way that that whole thing is and i think that's why a lot of people like rogue one with the exception of like certain elements of it that i don't think a lot of people really caring too much about the beginning and middle of rogue one when you, re yeah. when you really think about it but with this i'm hoping that there is some sort of payoff because there needs to be something here like mm -hmm. you i know we're getting a season two i think they were supposed to get yeah two seasons i think yep, it's two seasons and each one will be 12 episodes so yeah 24 it's episodes. like there needs to be something that ends off the season to get us hyped up to watch season two like there needs to be some sort of conclusion but still a lead in a, a lead off into whatever season two could be and the problem is though is that if they end this show with a slump like it just like a just a like that's yeah. it beyond that i think a lot of people are going to be really pissed off because yeah. it's like we it feels like we were constantly being promised and there's all these people talking about how this show is supposed to be high mind star wars and stuff like you still need to at least give some sort of payoff though you need to give some sort of satisfactory payoff where this show is worth watching all 12 or 11 of these episodes so far yep exactly one one thing alfie uh, had sent too was um he said who is luthan he he doesn't hide his name at all. He he wears the wig, but he always goes by Luthen. You know, ISB should technically, you know, if they're as suspicious as they are, I mean, he just had his situation where he was above Saul Guerrero's planet. Like he possibly could have, you know, given Saul's position away for what the hell he just did to that ship. Um, but like, who is Luthen? He has he has this walking staff. There's been theories that it could be a lightsaber that he no, could I don't be. Think so you know yeah i, I, he extended I would extended it in the beginning and it that was would be too stick. much honestly that would be giving this show too much credit like i i don't and the thing is it would make sense because he is a collector of artifacts so why would you not have jedi artifacts in your collection when you yep. really think about it but i feel like that's giving this show too much credit i i have a feeling like luthan is just exactly what he is what we see and like he's someone who's trying to start the rebellion i will be interested to know though if he survives by the end of this season or the end of this show, because he's obviously not in the original trilogy. He's not in rogue one. I think that there's going to be something that happens where it causes Cassian to be much more gung ho about helping the rebellion. That probably happens to Luthen in some way. Yeah. And then he links up with Mon Mothma because remember him and Mon Mothma Cassian anyway, and Mon Mothma are close when we see them in rogue one. Exactly. And 
I feel I will say Luthen's one of my favorite parts of this show. So I would hope that we can get him for two seasons and that, you know, if he dies, that it happens at the end of season two, because I really do enjoy Skarsgård and him as a character. I mean, I think he's interesting. I mean, again, again, to the point where I can see the other side, what has really happened so far? Exactly. You know, he's been he's been making some moves. He's, you know, throwing that's money the thing. He's there, just making you know? moves, but he's not doing anything. Like That's the thing. That's yeah. the thing with every part of the show. There's moves and there's movement, but there's nothing happening. <laughs> that, and it sounds confusing to say that. But like when you see a lot of plot exposition, when you see a lot of setup for stuff or things that are supposed to be setting up for other stuff, but no payoff again, like no end result, no sense of direction where this is where we might be going. If it was, again, if we were in the prison and we saw stuff that was hinted at, like this stuff is for the Death Star or this stuff is for the Imperial fleet, then I would be like, okay, maybe they're going to do something where Luthen is trying to actually slow this stuff down while subsequently trying to build up the rebellion with Mon Mothma. Because that's that's what Mon Mothma is doing. She's gathering funds for the rebellion. Mm -hmm. That's basically all she's doing. And it doesn't seem like she's even really doing anything at all. Yeah, it's taken her a decent amount of episodes to figure this out, actually. Yeah, right. Um, another another Alfie text too was, you know, he, he was surprised that Bail Organa, you know, really has Yeah, where the hell's Bail? You know, Bale should be Bale should have been in that Senate chamber or at least said yeah. hi hi Mon Mothma and just walk off. There's your fan service right there. But like he's also one of the people that is part of the rebellion. Like he's not mentioned by name, he's not alluded to by any or hinted at because there's got to be something. Because I know him, Padme, Mon Mothma in Revenge of the Sith in that deleted scene, they're all planning stuff. You know, he's alongside with Yoda and Obi-Wan Kenobi, they're also obviously hiding Anakin's kids. Like there's mm -hmm. stuff there that's happening that we could at least, you know, maybe get an allusion to that. Like, oh, I'm talking to this person who's also another benefactor that could actually help us out. Who would be the other obvious person to do that it would be Bail Organa in some way. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe he'll show up in this last episode. I mean, that's what's <laughs> that's what's so interesting is I'm hoping for a bang. And I know that we're going to have a battle in this episode because. I hope Andor knows I really mom hope. is dead and he's going to go to the funeral, you know, where they're turned into a brick, which was interesting. That was, yeah. uh, that was that, a bit that felt morbid as hell. Like I understand it. Like yeah. it felt like it was something different, but like there are just certain things about this show where it's tone and like some of it's like themes and allusions to just feel like non star Wars in, in, a, in the worst way possible. Like the whole beginning of this show felt like blade runner with like very mature themes, which I felt were very out of place for star Wars. We didn't need to go to a brothel. Like there's been things similar to a brothel in star wars again with the bounty hunters and a lot of the underworlds but it wasn't ever really explicit it wasn't ever really like in your face in the same way that you would see it from like a west world which is what i felt like this show was trying to do and it's like you know what like i i don't know if i necessarily like that in star wars yeah that that is interesting actually for you to to bring up west world that is that is interesting that's like I the easiest comparison or like deadwood that. Like, you yeah. know how Deadwood has like the brothels because it's set in the West and stuff. But like in the same way that uh, Andor had that beginning, that first episode where uh, Cassian goes looking for a sister. By the way, no more talk about his sister in this entire show. Like, where the hell did that go? Like, it, it's just there's things about this that are just weird, man. No, I, I feel that, that, you know, and that's what I hope for is, you know, when you when you bring up storylines and you bring up intricate things that you purposely catch the eye of the viewer with whether it's you know whether it's slap faces uncle whether it's uh cassian's sister 
you know, those little details, because you know, fans are going to catch on and be like, man, what are we going to learn about this? You can't abandon it after you bring you it mentioned up. it a few times, right? You're just going to drop it. It's like, come on. <laughs> yeah. And yo, how about Bix in this episode too? She freaking, you know, the, uh, she's the just girl- been getting tortured. She's just yeah. there. Like, like it would be one thing like, okay, if you have the torture happen for like one episode, I'm down. I get it. You know? And also it was very similar to what happened to Leia in episode four, new hope like that. I get the parallels there. But like, where are we going with this? Like, is is Cassian gonna hopefully find out where she is and go break her out? Like, you know, there's got to be something here for me. Yeah, yeah, that's like uh, one thing I've one thing I have agreed on while I've been enjoying this show is that the arcs probably could be cut in half. Like, yeah. you know, the prison the prison arc probably could have been cut in half. Probably could have been two episodes. The first three episodes probably could have been two episodes. Could have uh, been the, one. You honestly yeah. could have put that in one episode, to be honest. Yeah. With you. <laughs> the, the heist, you know, the heist could have been that. And that's why, like, when, when you brought up that point, which I haven't really heard anyone make that point yet, that you hope that you wish that this show was dropped in three episode drops. I definitely can agree with that. that I think it probably would benefit it a bit more because you can hit those three. You know, I'm enjoying that we're getting a 12 episode show. I am yeah, enjoying it's better that than Book of Boba time. and Kenobi, like yeah. what we had with those, much better than that. But still, like, I feel like there's got to be a good balance. Like, you got to give me these 12 episodes or, or the longer series over six episodes, but it's got to feel like, you know, the pacing, the tone, and everything that it's giving me is, is, is making me satisfied as a viewer and making me feel like I'm enjoying the show. Yeah. Like, one thing I'll agree on is like, when we did not get the heist on episode five, I was like, man, like we're going to go through training, uh, you know, uh, you like know, again, I get it. That we're gonna them, wait. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they turned that into three episodes. So yeah. And, 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 and I will go back on another point, you know, maybe it's budget reasons. I don't really give that. An I don't, I don't believe that Marva, to be honest with you, because this budget, you know, again, without knowing the numbers and stuff, the way they show a shot felt like they had a bigger budget than what they probably had with Kenobi and Book of Boba Fett. Because remember, this show doesn't use that stagecraft. They actually go on location shooting stuff. Like oh, this. yeah. That, that's a big deal. That's a, probably a lot more expensive to do that than to just have your stuff in your studio with the stagecraft. So yeah. I don't know if I necessarily believe that, but I will tell you, though, there is a lack of a lot of the VFX stuff. Like there's certain spots where I feel like we could be seeing more uh, tie fighters we could be seeing more imperial like uh imagery in in no. ways that like make sense for star wars i agree and and that's i what i was gonna say too is like i think it would have probably hit better if cassian saw his mom when she died if he got yeah. back to the planet and was like hey i'm sorry you know i shouldn't have went off i got caught in all this crap and maybe it's because the uh, actress who I I'm forgetting her name, but I know she played uh, uh, Harry's uh, Aunt Petunia in yeah. the Harry Potter movies. I can't think of her name right now, but maybe she demanded too much money or what? I don't know for for her. To I think it was just a writing actress. thing. I think they were trying to make a point like things are getting that bad where it's like he couldn't even get that last moment with his surrogate mother because that's not his real mom. It's just you know his adopted mom. Exactly. But, yeah. But I felt like that was a moment that we kind of got robbed from. I felt like as viewers. Yeah, no, because they're, I mean, I think Diego Luna's done some, some uh, good acting in this. You know, I have enjoyed seeing more of him because I like, I like uh, Andor. I like Diego Luna. I think he's doing a good job in this show, you know, plot wise, entertainment wise. Could there be more? Absolutely. Could there be more action? Absolutely. And 
it's not even that I want action all the time. You know, like I feel for, you know, some of the things you're saying, a lot of the things that Alfie has been saying many episodes and even, even like some of the other guys on our podcast, you know, like I just keep relating back to that because it has been consistent every week that we've been recording this, a lot of the points that you're bringing up, you know, they've been brought up on, on this show, you know, and while I'm enjoying it, I can see where, where it's coming from. Exactly. Um, Can't deny it. Like a lot of people I feel like are like that now that, that are really gung ho for the show that they're just straight up ignoring a lot of the obvious stuff. And I think that's a problem. I think we've had that problem now lately with a lot of the shows, especially Kenobi, but like, it's just something that I feel like, again, we got to get over as a fan. The last, here's what's funny is I really never critically thought about star Wars. Actually, when I was younger, Mm-hmm. I just loved it, you know, even with the prequels, because I was younger when they came out, I just really enjoyed them. I did not start really becoming critical of Star Wars until I saw The Last Jedi. It was the first time I ever walked out of a movie theater from Star Wars and was just like. That was I the remember- first that was the first Star Wars thing that I saw either in theaters or period where the more I talked about it with someone, the less I liked it. Yeah, that, a, that happened. That was a real thing for the Last Jedi. And again, that that's a whole other. One day we're gonna have to do a whole podcast or commentary on the Last yes. Jedi to really get to the heart of that issue because that that has a lot of revisionist and a lot of like gaslighting history with that movie yeah. and and stuff. Yeah. But like the main thing is, is like with the shows, it's it's the same thing where it's like people just ignore the obvious, ignore mm-hmm. like what's in front of your two eyes. Yeah, no, I I, I can I can absolutely see that. So. I have a lot of faith for this final episode might be blind faith. Um, <laughs> I'm staying up to watch it. I've been the last couple episodes. I've stood up to like 3am here. So they could w- drop and I could watch it like that. Cause I do that with most of the stuff that comes out for star Wars. I did it with tales of the Jedi too, which by the way, stupid move to drop tales of the Jedi the same day that you drop Andor. They met, they messed up big time. I know that's right now, crazy that they that, did that, that was actually. a bad move on their part. They should have dropped it on two different days, but Thing is, is that I'm still going to watch this episode at 3 a.m. when it drops, you know, just mm-hmm. to say that I did it to see the finale. But, you know, I'm keeping my expectations tempered. I'm hoping I'm hoping to be proved wrong. I'm hoping that we get something good, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. And I mean, another point was I, that I saw was he's still on that planet. You know, we were calling it Space Miami, the planet that he was oh, on yeah. where he got arrested. <laughs> But um, Space Miami Vice. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there was K2 units on that planet. Maybe we'll get K2SO. Uh, I thought that was supposed know? to be season two. That somebody had mentioned that that might be a season two thing where we see K2SO. If we see him in the season finale, that's going to suck because then we're going to want to see more of them. Exactly. With the two of them together. It's like, come on. And th- and we had previously talked about it too, was, you know, that, you know, what's that Star Wars aspect that's missing from this? There's not much humor at all in this show at all. There's no humor. Yeah, it's a very show. serious show, which I don't mind. But, you know, again, like what's there has got to be good for me in order yeah. for me to like overlook that. And, and what's funny is I was thinking about Rogue One and I'm like, Rogue One is a very serious movie. I'm like, what's the difference? And I'm like, K2. K2 plays a big K2 role. K2 is the of, comic relief. He's yeah. the serious comic relief because he has his moments. But also keep in mind, Rogue One, for what it was, still had more moments of like actual action that were moving things without actually being action. Because yep. the dialogue between uh, Jyn Erso and her father, the hologram, with Saul Guerrero, uh, you know, yeah. forgetting about the fact that the Death Star blew up a whole city or that we had that whole battle section where they were going to assassinate Jin's father and stuff. Like the slower moments in that movie 
are far better in the way that they're designed and the way that they're presented than the slower moments in the show. And again, it could be the difference between the, the long form and the shorter form of that content, but still this yeah. whole show was supposed to be a, a mirror or at least parts of rogue one in, in the more of a series form. Yep. I, yeah, I definitely see that. And that, and that's why it's like, Hey, maybe, maybe Luthen's the one that found a way to connect, uh, you know, Andor to to Jin, you know, maybe we'll find that out as season two rolls along. There's got to be more connections in season two to real to to a lot of Star Wars stuff. Like there's I hope a, I as you've do. said, there's got to be more stormtroopers. You know, there's got to be more Tie Fighters. There's got to be mention of you know the bigger there should picture be storm that's going on everywhere at this point. Like that's the <laughs> yeah. thing. Like granted by the time rogue one comes around, there's stormtroopers literally everywhere. Why isn't that the case? Cause this is years after Palpatine takes power. Like you could still use the ISB, but like still, why can't we see stormtroopers walking in the streets? That, that's, that's the main thing that I feel like would build up that atmosphere and build up that, that uh, environment for this show. But also even then just like have other things like flying in the air or, or doing other stuff that like really complements what we are actually presenting and make it still feel like star Wars. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much what I've got. Um, oh, I do like the droid. Uh, is it a BD one? Is that, is that his name of the uh, droid that I don't remember was, the uh, droids. That's another thing. I should remember the droid's name and I don't, <laughs> like, I think it's BD one or, or no, no, I don't it, think it's, BD1. no, that's it's, it's BD one. Uh, geez, I'm getting my droids mixed up. Yeah. You get your droids mixed up. <laughs> I gotta yeah, look this BD, up. Hold on. Me... It's BD is freaking, uh, what's his name from, um, that's from, uh, uh, Fallen order. Uh, Fallen order. Yeah. Hold on, let me let me look this up. Like, oh my god. Yeah, our little uh, our little square trash can droid. I do like him. Droid from Andor. Okay, its name is B B two E M O B two B two. Yeah, B two emo. <laughs> it tells you something about the quality of the show where I couldn't even remember something small like that. Like like yeah. like something that like I should because it's a character that's been around multiple times. <laughs> B D one. Yeah. Uh, that's what, uh, you know, he was very emotional with his uh, owner dying. You know, that was definitely interesting to see that. I have a feeling, though, honestly, out. I feel like that droid is way too much, way too emotional, way too more human-like than what droids are normally are in Star Wars, especially in that era. Like, I expect that type of droid to maybe be a little bit more robotic and feel a little bit more like how R2 is, as opposed to like what more like what C-3PO and everything else. Yep. You know what I mean? Because it's like, you know... I don't want it to feel like the same thing as like that other droid that we had from solo. Cause I felt like that was a little bit too much, like a way overboard and stuff. And if this is a more serious show and a much yeah. more like crazier show like that, I, it, things still got to kind of make sense here. That droid was lifelike enough that uh, Lando possibly. Yeah. Uh, loved don't it. even, don't even get me started <laughs> on that one. That was a whole bad yeah, move. Disney. <laughs> exactly what you just said, Brent. Uh, from our podcast that our group text today had said is uh, B2 the most human like droid that's probably ever been in no. Star Wars. <laughs> no, you the know? most human is obviously still C3PO because with as little as that droid or, you know, as that character has visually, the way it acts and the way that it's presented to you and the way that it responds, I feel like makes that feel more human. I would argue more human than the rest of these other droids. Same thing yeah. with R2. R2 is literally as basic of a droid as you could possibly get. And it still feels more human in some ways than some of these other droids. Yeah. The way they transitioned to that scene when Marva died was like, 
it, it almost looked like you were inside his lens or something. It was very weird the yeah. way they transitioned that scene. Well, it was from his perspective. It felt yeah. Like. And like, it looked like watery. That's why I'm like, was he crying or something like inside of it? Like, I don't know. It oh, was that's weird. weird. Yeah. I didn't think, yeah, they just did like, oh, there's doctors going to see Marva. She's not feeling good. Next episode, dead, you know? So, you know, that was, that mm. was a little, little bit weird, but yeah, you know, do you have any predictions uh, for the next episode? Like, you know, uh, honestly, I, I'm trying to think if I, I, I can't even really predict anything like Andor is going to get probably into a skirmish with the ISB or the Imperials that are hunting it, which is that, that girl from the Imperial, uh, what is it? Uh, officers there. You know, that hopefully that'll come to a head in some way. Hopefully, fingers crossed. And and hopefully we also get to see other things that allude to where this show is going. Because mm-hmm. technically by the end of season two, this is supposed to end right before the start of Rogue One around that time frame. But I, I really don't know. I, I'm kind of lost on this show as far as like where we're actually going and what's going to come next. Yeah, there's, a, there's technically a lot of storylines that need to be wrapped up. I mean, Mon Mothma needs to figure out what the hell is going on for her uh and her kid and her husband it's like all this other stuff that doesn't really mean anything it's like oh yeah it's weird yeah yeah luthan got himself into a whole bunch of shit so he's in trouble now he's got to hightail it out of there and figure out what's going on uh you know cassian is obviously going to go to this funeral someone's going to recognize him and there will be a fight and i'm sure his townsfolk will join in to fight alongside him which i have enjoyed the plant i have enjoyed that planet and that town and some of mm. the people around it like i have definitely enjoyed a bit of the different aspect from that planet um but i honestly don't think we spend enough time with it for me to connect with it like we have characters there that appear what two episodes like like really appeared i'm not talking about just like showed up like a couple seconds like we got mm-hmm. his, 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 a work buddy that covered for him in that first episode. We had obviously his love interest that was, you know, dating his friend, I guess at some point, which again, went nowhere after he got killed <laughs> practically. Yeah. I mean, there, there's just a lot of weird stuff. I, I do want in the season finale, all the major players should be there. Andor, Luthen, Mon Mothma should be there. Cassian's girl, like all that stuff. The, even the stupid guy that I don't like for the ISB that's doing this stuff, he should be there and he sh- something should happen with yeah. him. Like, and the Scottish guy uh, who, you know, FaceTimed him uh, this previous episode yeah. too. You know, yeah, the guy, his yeah. boy, his other yeah. boy that's weird. Like it's just, they should <laughs> Hello, be, sir. by the end of the season, they should become full-fledged Imperials. Like if, if there's going to be an arc with them, that should be the end of their arc in this season. But yeah, I digress. I, I really have no idea. Yeah, maybe that'll be the final scene of this season is a slap face thrown on the Imperial officer uniform after him and Deidre, you know, make for the out God's sakes, other. play the Imperial theme for God. I really cannot stand how these shows, the newer shows, don't utilize Star Wars music. You <laughs> yes. see, you hear Star Wars music in Tales of the Jedi. Why is it that the animated stuff uses Star Wars like classic tracks or at least has hints of them and, and like little like melodies in some yeah. of their music, but you don't get this in the live action shows most of the time. It's like, oh my God, it's so nerve wracking. Yeah, which like, which I'll say Mandalorian finds a way to live on its own with its soundtrack because it's such a unique soundtrack. Like I can throw that on and know that I'm in the Mandalorian because I yeah, do but like it's to its listen own to character though. It's not like, it's not like yeah. Mando takes place at a time frame where it's like before the Death Star. It's like, or leading into something else. It's like Mando is in its own separate like little chamber here. Yeah, and and you're right because if I'm not mistaken, Rogue One 
found their way to personalize a lot of the original scores themselves in that yeah, movie as well. You know, you can have your score, but then you mix in, you know, like, yeah. Hmm. Like that whole Darth Vader hallway scene still oh, yeah. sounded like Darth Vader music. It's like, you could totally match this up probably with John Williams music from episode four. It sounds like, which luckily it kind of does in a way. Cause you still <laughs> hear the Imperial theme at the end, but yeah. like, with this show and a lot of the shows like Book of Boba Fett, Kenobi, you know, I feel like these are things where we should be getting more uh, musical or like sounds that we're familiar with besides the blasters, which by the way, I think you could get it. We'd be here all night, like criticizing a lot of other stuff about this show, about Andor specifically, that just feels so out of place, especially with like the props, the outfits and other things about that. But with the music, we should be hearing like hints of the Imperial theme. We should be hearing hints of the rebellion theme from like when they're on Yavin 4 or something or certain things like that, or even like hints of like other themes we would recognize from throughout the Star Wars saga. Like there's certain stuff that it feels like this is a layup. Like this would make things feel a little bit better in some ways, even though it won't solve the problem. Yep. No, I agree. It's like, even to go back again, you know, I hate to do it, but even to go back again to Game of Thrones and everything, I remember wondering what the House of the Dragon theme was going to be. And, and it was Game of heard, Thrones. Yeah. Then when we're I in. heard Game of Thrones. it sounds a little different. Just, yeah. We're in. <laughs> I was just like, all right, Game, you know, this song is my entrance into this world. And I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm here when I hear it. And I don't care if this is a different story that I'm hearing this theme for. Exactly. Know? Like when like, you're, when you that was hear a risk. that. When but, you hear that, you're in Westeros. Like you're yep. like we're going to Westeros, so let's yeah. go. You're like, you're opening the gates. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. But for us, like, and you get it from Tales of the Jedi. When you see uh Yaddle using the force, you hear the force theme. When you mm -hmm. hear certain things going on in different episodes of Tales of the Jedi, you hear music from either the prequels or from Clone Wars, which is like hints of it and stuff. And it makes you feel like, okay, this is still part of this same universe. This is like making sense, it's matching up. Mm -hmm. We don't get that with Andor. We really don't. And it's like, even with some of the sounds of the blasters, it's like something's off. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's very hard to describe. Again, we could be here all night talking about that. It's just one of those things that I feel like once we see the season finale though, we'll have a much more complete like idea of like where we stand on this show. Yep. Yep. No, I, I feel it. Yeah. And I enjoy, I, see like, there's a lot of stuff that I am enjoying about this show, but I like to hear, I like to hear all sides of it. So I'm, you know, I can go into it and see what we're going to get here again. And I said, I said, I went into this with low expectations. I really shouldn't say that I went into this, not expecting this show to be the hype that other shows are. And I don't like, you know, if, as you said, if people are out there saying this is the best thing ever, you know, if you don't like it, you know, you're part of the problem. Yeah, that's whatever, garbage. Then I, I don't whatever. agree with that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I'll never tell any other Star Wars fans how they should feel about something because we've had so much stuff right now. There's stuff that people are going to like and people aren't going to like, you know, and that's just that's just all how I'm it saying, is. though. All I am saying, though, it's not House of the Dragon. Good. I'm just no. going to put it out there. No, never <laughs> this year. No, House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon is sitting on the Iron Throne and it's Cassian Andor spot. is not Damon Targaryen. Like when no. Cassian walks into the room, he does not have the Damon Targaryen energy, which he should because it's his show. But, you know, I digress. No, I, I'd say right now, as far as things I've watched this year, it's probably House of the Dragon uh stranger things season four yeah is probably i forgot stranger things two. came out this year yeah yeah uh the boys the, the boys, boys is dope. <laughs> love like the boys year. that probably is three 
and uh maybe and andor might be four for me I, but i have other shows i need to watch there's a lot of good stuff that's out there that i know i need to watch yeah. so and or might be four for me you know i i wish it was number one because it's star wars you know yeah uh but i am thoroughly enjoying it i'll say that rings of power is uh i'll put you know i'd rather watch you know bluey with my kids in, than in, watch in its defense power. though i will say in defense of andor it is not the worst show i've seen this year that's no, the only thing no. that i could say yeah no i rings of power to me is like you know for me it was I, she hulk she hulk was the worst and i was really disappointed by she hulk and i wanted to like that yeah yeah and that comes back to the whole disney plus thing where it's like you know how many that to me disney plus is relying on marvel and star wars because they yeah, know that we need to watch it you know exactly <laughs> like i have like i have kids but the funny thing is, is it's like all the new stuff they put out, they'll hype it up. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know if you're familiar with uh, the show uh, or the movie Zootopia. Good, yeah, of good course. movie. Of course. You yeah, just released some Zootopia. shorts on that. And it's like they, they, they hyped it up as a show similar to what they did with like the Cars show and stuff like that. And I tell my kids, like, there's a car show coming out. There's a Zootopia show coming out. And then it's like they'll release like five or six episodes that are maybe five to ten minutes long. Each. Yeah, they're shorts yeah so it's not a show it's shorts it's like a youtube video almost, yeah you know similar to the grogu thing that you know yep they they teased us don't, on. E don't even get me started on that like and, and then it's miyazaki too and it's like damn you're, you're lucky you're lucky miyazaki and it's grogu too and he looks cute but still that they, they overhyped that they overhyped that that little short big time no, that should not have been like a 3 a.m. drop, like stay up and see what we're going to put out situation. That they was solely just... on the basis. It's G Studio Ghibli and Star Wars. That's yeah. the only reason that everybody got hyped up for that. Because again, I think we told, I told you before we started recording, I thought that was going to be a Visions thing that they were going to announce yep. that they were going to do for Visions season two. But alas, here we are. Maybe, maybe that's just them connecting with them. And we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll see about that. Mm -hmm. One other point I wanted to hit on too, before we wrap it up, I wanted to kind of non-spoiler uh, go into what you thought of black uh, Panther Wakanda forever. Cause I saw yeah. that on, um, I personally saw that opening night as well. I have mm -hmm. my own story to it that I'll tell after you tell yours, but like mm -hmm. uh, not to like spoil it for the audience. Cause I'm sure people who listen to us are going to want to see that. Um, yeah. Did you did you enjoy it? Like, uh, what oh, was your so so? I watched it opening day of that preview day, which is like now movies Thursday. come out on Thursday. Yeah, on Thursday, I saw the yeah. first showing on Thursday in my area, so it's the very first showing period for it. And I enjoyed it. I ended up writing a review for it over on Clownfish TV. I gave it an eight out of ten. I thought it was a solid eight out of ten. And I felt I was more harsher on the movie than a lot of other critics out there. And the thing is, is that this movie had a lot to deal with. I saw many reviews and hot takes on places like YouTube and other social media saying that this movie uh, did a lot of stuff that was wrong, that was ruining certain aspects of both the MCU as well as also uh, other political slash racially charged things. And I totally disagree with that vehemently because this movie, I feel like had to deal with the passing of Chadwick Boseman, who was Black Panther. He's straight up, he made that character and that was a, a big loss. And you could feel it was a big loss for the people that were working with him. Remember, this movie, Wakanda Forever, Black Panther 2, what it was originally going to be, he was going to be in it. And they were going to introduce Namor, and it was going to be him and Namor going at odds post five years of the snap, losing out those five years. Ryan Coogler came out and talked about that. 
So they had to deal with that with the loss of Chadwick Boseman. They had to introduce a new character into the MCU, which is also the first introduction of the first mutant for the MCU, which is Namor, or they call him Namor, but it's Namor to me, as I've said it for years in the comics and the animated Marvel stuff. The main thing is, is that for a movie about grief and a movie about loss and about dealing with that loss and, you know, following up what comes afterwards and what you're going to do afterwards, I think it does it very well because you could feel that emotion throughout the entirety of the film. It has its moments, action moments. It has some stupid things that happen in it that I don't like, especially towards the end of it with how certain things are wrapped up, as well as also a couple of things that I felt like were just put into there to introduce other stuff, which is Riri Williams, Ironheart. That's not a spoiler because she's been in the trailers, but she's there clearly to kind of like hype everybody up for her show and for what's going on afterwards with the MCU. But I felt like the movie was still good. It It was good enough to really being an emotional, like really heartfelt film for what was going on. Angela Bassett is the heavyweight. She carries this film straight up. Uh, A lot of people talked about Oscar talk for her for getting an Oscar nomination, maybe, but I don't think she's going to win an Oscar, but she, she clearly is the acting heavyweight in this entire movie straight up. So yeah, and yeah, I enjoyed I uh, Lupita as well. And she was she Lupita, was good. Lupita was cool, but she's there for a shorter period. And like they're there, like all the main characters from Black Panther One are there, and we, it's good to see them. I think they did a little bit of my boy Mbaku dirty because he yeah. should have been in the movie more because that technically he's T'Challa's boy, even though he's his rival. Because their their rivalry in the first movie is is legendary at this point. Like, it's because, great, yeah. and, and the way that Mbaku treats his mom and his family afterwards with that, I think it makes that really shit. It would have been awesome if Chadwick had, had been alive to see how that would have progressed. But he should have been in this movie more as like, you know, the uncle of the family, quote unquote. That's what everybody's calling him. But also as a mentor to Shuri, you know, in some way, because again, she just lost her brother, you know, in, you know, right before the movie starts. Yeah, you know, it's a big deal. He felt very much, you know, and again, you know, I, we're not going to spoilers. We're just, you know, talking it, but he felt very much just like he just kind of was there. You know, he did have, you know, lines there and everything, but like I did want more of a presence for a minute. Cause he's awesome. The guy who, the actor who plays him, who I don't know yeah. the actor's name, uh, honestly, but he, uh, he is great in it. Um, you know, what screwed me was my theater never turned the full volume on for the whole movie oh hell with that like that sucks real talk dude i i would have walked over to the front desk and been like yo you better go do something i would have caused hell (laughs) i did i and it's funny because it's like you get that hell no (laughs) yeah and the prices were actually higher than they usually were for opening night for that but well wait did you go to imax or you went to regular I went to AMC regular theater. Okay, I went to regular. I wanted to go to the IMAX, but they didn't have a lot of seats open when I wanted to go because normally I go to the first IMAX showing. Yeah, like I love but, IMAX. But but I got the first official standard showing, which was the first showing period before the IMAX one, weirdly enough. But it was still where like they had better seating for me. That's why I ended up getting it. So the IMAX tickets are a little more expensive. Yeah, they had one showing a day at my AMC theater in the IMAX. Really? I'm like, what do you guys do? No, I had like a ton that they had throughout the whole yeah. day. Like, I booked. Wild. I clicked my theater's ticket and I booked an IMAX ticket. And then on Fandango was another theater. And I was like, wait a second. I, I went back and looked at my theater. I'm like, you guys aren't showing a, a nighttime IMAX on Friday wow. night at Black Panther? God, that's stupid. <laughs> Dude, they showed like a 10 a.m. or something like that. Oh, hell. And that was well, it. They should be doing it the whole day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Literally. So either that or either that or it was just 
fully sold out. I didn't see, I did not see people shuffling into those because it's the first theater right when you walk in. Mm -hmm. But either way, I sit down, they do all the trailers and the trailers are usually a bit quieter, but movie starts, you know, first scene of gunfire, I'm hearing it. And I'm just like looking around and I'm just like, I don't hear anything from the sides of the theater at all. As far as speakers go, all the sound was coming directly from the screen. You know, a ship flies over you at, you know, you're in Wakanda and ship mm -hmm. flies over you going over a river, no base at all to the engine, wow. you know, nothing. So I'm just like, I can't, I, I told my wife, I'm just like, I cannot watch this movie like this. I'm yeah. like, do you not hear? I'm like, I can hear everybody eating popcorn around me and yeah, everybody and drinking being their loud. Drink. <laughs> yeah. Like I need to go talk to somebody. I went out, I'm like searching. I'm also like, I'm missing a, a part of the movie right now. I'm searching for somebody. Couldn't find any employees. Oh man. And then I'm like, uh, maybe it'll come back. I'll go sit down. I sat down for another 10 minutes. I'm like, nope, I need to go talk to someone. I went to the yeah. front. Only guy I could find was like the entrance guy. And I told him, I'm like, dude, the volume is not on in my theater. There's no bass. There's no surround sound. It's just coming directly from the screen. And he was just like, uh, I, I don't really know. Yeah, he can't I, do nothing. He's just a, a random employee there. Yeah, like, the earpiece in though. I'm like, dude, call somebody. Cause I can't get to yeah, Go find somebody before I raise hell in your theater. Yeah. Then you're really going to have problems. <laughs> like, Yeah. I watched the whole movie like that. And it's like rating wise, it's hard for me because the sound of it is so important. It took away from the experience. I would have walked out. I would have asked for a refund. If yeah. I was you like at that point, because you can't, you can't see a movie like that, especially when you're paying an expensive ticket, I would have just gone the next day to a different uh, yeah. thing. Exactly. That's what it was. It was me and my wife's anniversary. We wanted to go out and we we're like, let's go see black Panther. And she was just like, she told me, she was like, I can live with it. And I'm just like, I can't, this is, can't. This is the whole point. <laughs> this is the whole point of going to a movie. You know how you, you get around that? You'd be experience. like, listen, babe, for our anniversary, you only deserve the best. And this is not the best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how you, you get the brownie points. Exactly. <laughs> But oh, I don't know. My theater just my theater did not seem like it could handle opening night of Black Panther. There mm. were sodas that were out. There was like it was like it was just very disheveled. But wow. story wise, I there was there was a lot of it I enjoyed. And you know what's funny? Opposite mm. of uh, opposite of Last Jedi, where it, it it I grew further away from it, similar to what you said mm -hmm. with uh, Black Panther. I was like. At first, I was like, uh, I, I like, I was really thinking about that storyline, and I'm like, you know, what? I did like that. I kind of want to go see it again just to get that better experience. Mm -hmm. So I think I might go see that again because it hit on all the right emotional points that it should have for a movie as big as Black Panther for uh, actor like Chadwick Boseman who passed mm -hmm. away. I mean, when they, they tribute did... him was really nice. They they tribute him in a couple oh, spots. That I thought absolutely. was really, really tasteful. And I didn't know this until somebody told me, and I had to look it up. Uh, Ryan Kluger actually went to his family, his widow, and everyone else there to get like their, their blessing and also get their their uh, their input about how to handle T'Challa's death. You know, before yeah. the film starts, and it's like, oh, I thought that was a nice touch because clearly there was a lot of attention and care that went into certain elements with that that complemented the rest of the story. Yeah. You know, a lot of people that said otherwise about that, I felt didn't get it or they were looking for other things outside of what the, the movie was trying to give to you. And I felt oh, like yeah. what it did give to you was well crafted, well thought out. There were some compromises here and there, but not to the point where it was like, I didn't walk out that movie feeling like I saw a bad movie. I felt no. like I saw a summary. Now, would I repeat, view it again anytime soon? Probably not for me. 
But I think that that's not the type of a movie I would want to go see again and again, because it's a grief. It's a movie about grief. It's mm-hmm. a movie that's a little bit more sadder compared to the rest of the MCU. Like I, I didn't feel the same way I felt when I walked out of Spider-Man, no way home or Avengers Endgame for obvious reasons. So I'll watch it again at some point down the line, but it doesn't mean that it's a bad movie to me. No, I agree. And, and along with you too, I agree that when it came to tributes to Chadwick Boseman, I think it was probably like nine, 10 out of 10 on that. I don't think they missed on a single tribute to him. You could have heard a pin drop in my theater for the freaking opening Marvel scroll. Yeah, it was, it was silent. And that, that was done on purpose. That was a moment of silence, which I I thought was good. And in the very end, when they did another thing with it, that again, not getting to spoilers, but when they do that little tribute to him, I thought that was a nice touch. It, It was very poetic for what was going on in the movie. No, I agree. I agree. So, all right. Well, that's pretty much what I got topic wise, unless you got anything else you want to uh, throw out there into the universe. Uh, uh, not much. I mean, other than stuff that I've been doing and, and other things like that, there's not really much other news to discuss like as far as like, that's big at the curb, yeah. other than gaming stuff that we already kind of touched on and other stuff I've talked about other elsewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, once again, let everybody know, let everybody know where they can find you on YouTube, you know, TikTok, uh, Instagram, all that stuff. Yeah, sure. So if you guys want to find out and see more of my content, you know, look me up on YouTube. It's youtube.com slash at Jake James Lugo, or you can look up Gamers with Gains channel on there. It's the same channel, but now YouTube can use these tags for everybody's like channel now. So it's at Jake James Lugo, the same that I am everywhere else on Twitter at Jake James Lugo on Instagram at Jake James Lugo on TikTok at Jake James Lugo posting every day on TikTok there constantly about games, Star Wars stuff, Star Wars video games and other related things like what we talked about here. I'm also on Patreon, patreon.com slash Jake James Lugo, which you guys could join up and get early access to my videos. It costs a dollar to get early access and a ton, literally a ton of exclusive content, podcasts, videos, other stuff that I post on there that you're not going to find in other places too, which are related to everything else that we've talked about and we've spoken on. So a lot of great content, a lot of stuff you guys could check out, show some love if you can, trying to grow the channel, trying to grow the TikTok as well to do more stuff. Again, the sponsorship that happened recently, hopefully it'll help out with that a little bit, but definitely show some love if you guys can go check out some of my content and just follow me on there. Absolutely. And I will, and I will vouch for you all the way, man. I enjoy all your, all your reviews, all this stuff. Love talking Star Wars, Marvel gaming, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, same. It's always a, uh, always a pleasure to have you on the podcast for your fourth, you. uh, fourth appearance, man. You're, you're, yeah, you're it's a like regular. He's like, you guys are getting sick of me already. It's like, it's too much, too much crazy Star Wars stuff. It's like, ah, oh, now we got to go get Jay again. Hey, like, Hey, a m- month or two goes by. It's like, I- I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sending that DM over to you, man. And you I appreciate you, you always coming anytime on. And and if the listeners want me to keep coming back and talking more Star Wars or Star Wars gaming stuff, I'm always down. I love talking about this stuff. I find it fun. It's, I, it's do, I do too. I do too. And I, hey, if it's constructive criticism and whatever, bring it on. I love it all. So, you know, that's that's the kind of podcast we are. If you, if you, if you, you know, if you love The Last Jedi, if you hate The Last Jedi, we'll have you on. It doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. And we'll all have fun because... We all love Star Wars. That's what connects us all together, you know. Followed it's- by a whole Thanks. episode of clowning on the Last Jedi coming soon. <laughs> while I'm playing. Don't do it. Relax, Star Wars community. God. I've I've yet to be on one of those episodes yet on this podcast because we have one of our uh, regular guys, T Bob, who comes on here 
who is a last Jedi guy. And I need to hear his point on it. I, we, we might have to bring that back soon. One, so. one of these days we're going to be on the same podcast. I'm going to be like, okay, guys, before we start recording, I'm going to go kick a porg. I'm going to just go play <laughs> it. And just, that, that's how, that's how the tone of this podcast is going to be. Absolutely. Like imagine, imagine God, the Star Wars community <laughs> will never forgive me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, all right, guys, that's a, uh, that's a wrap on chapter 181 of rule of the galaxy podcast. As always, you can reach us at rule of the galaxy SW on Twitter. You can email us at rule the galaxy at gmail.com. You can find us at rule the galaxy podcast on TikTok. rule the galaxy on Instagram. Just look up rule the galaxy. You're going to find us rule the galaxy, all caps on Etsy. We got shirts. We got all that kind of stuff on there. So this is from Dave, from our guest, Jake James Lugo. I appreciate you guys for listening to Rule of the Galaxy podcast. And until next time, may the force be with you. Take it easy, everyone. Mm-hmm.